everyone and welcome to Emerging Trends in Higher Ed. My name is Samantha Wilcox and I am your moderator for this podcast series. Joining us today is Dr. Amy Lynn, content expert for social emotional learning and adjunct faculty at North Central University in the School of Education. She also serves as the Director of Curriculum, Instruction, and Professional Development for a school district in Massachusetts. Dr. Barb Hall will also be joining us today. Dr. Hall is the Director of Curriculum and an Associate Professor in the School of Education at North Central University. Dr. Hall shepherds many new programs from idea to launch to revision. Dr. Lynn and Dr. Hall will be having a conversation about social emotional learning today. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies. Well, thank you, Sam. Dr. Lynn, let's start with a basic question. What is social emotional learning? Social emotional learning is um, understanding emotions, both our own and the emotions of others, the ability to manage those emotions. It includes the capacity to integrate this awareness and management of emotions into relationship building and making positive decisions. It's important for all of us because all learning involves social and emotional elements. Okay. I hear a lot about SEL programs in schools, especially my own child's elementary schools. How much does SEL relate to things outside of elementary school or just childhood? Social emotional learning and intelligence has ramifications throughout the lifespan. Emotionally intelligent adults experience a greater contentment with life. They are more aware of their emotions. They understand where their emotions are coming from, and they have strategies for managing uncomfortable emotions. They can use their emotions to guide their thinking and and to interact with others. Mentioning uncomfortable emotions makes me think about all of the emotions related to the current pandemic. So how might social-emotional learning relate to people's experiences during this time? The pandemic is a great example of a time when emotional intelligence is is so important. Um, Coping with the isolation and stress brought on by the pandemic um, requires emotional intelligence. So individuals um, may have or may still be experiencing loneliness or feelings of anxiety, easing those feelings um, requires emotional awareness and a set of tools and strategies for managing uncomfortable emotions. For example, in my own life, I began a, began a more rigorous daily exercise routine out and outdoors, which helped to boost my energy. It helped me to maintain a more positive outlook. So people who went from working on site and having social interactions to being isolated and working at home may have needed to set a schedule for themselves or designated a workspace in their own home so they could um, kind of physically separate themselves from work. This can help to manage the stress and um, reduce the stress. It's awareness and self-management skills stemming from emotional intelligence that supports us in adapting and cha- uh, to challenging new and uncertain situations like the pandemic. That makes sense. So if we can still develop socially and emotionally as adults, how do we do that? That's a great question. Um, There's sort of five key areas that people can focus on. Um, The first area is self-management. 
It involves things like daily exercise, meditation or prayer, and setting routines and schedules. Beyond just being a way to practice self-discipline, these are also proactive ways to put yourself in the frame of mind where self-management comes with greater ease. A second area is self-awareness. This involves um, identifying and connecting with your emotions. Strategies that you might use to improve self-awareness are things like journaling, writing a gratitude list, um, and practicing mindfulness. A third area is social awareness. And this area is about developing empathy for others. We can improve this by practicing perspective taking. One way to do that is to intentionally invite people to share differing perspectives or to spend time contemplating what it's like to walk in another person's shoes. Even things like paying attention to social cues and uh, avoiding multitasking um, when you're talking to someone can help improve social awareness. The fourth area is relationships. And one way to improve relationship skills is to learn about nonverbal cues. We're all sending out nonverbal cues, whether we realize it or not, and often we don't realize it because it can happen at the unconscious level. And learning about your nonverbal cues can help you to avoid sending the wrong message. A couple of other suggestions include seeking to find the humor in a situation, which can be an effective way to build connections with others, um, and seeing conflict as an opportunity to learn about others. For example, if you're feeling conflicted, saying, telling me more about that, or, or asking, how can I help? And then listening actively um, can put a conversation on a more productive level. The fifth area, um, the final area is decision-making. So realizing that most things don't need to be decided in the moment and learning to pause can make a big difference. Slowing decisions down so you have time to seek opposing point of views intentionally to vet a potential decision or kind of playing it out in your mind or with a trusted person before making a final decision um, can be helpful strategies that will lead to more effective choices. And all these areas tend to overlap and build on each other. Let me make sure I got those five right. Self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, relationships, and decision-making. Is that right? That is exactly right. You've mentioned emotional intelligence a couple of times. So I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to how emotional intelligence is the same or relates to social-emotional learning. Social-emotional learning um, is a term we use in pre-K-12 education um, that speaks to helping children to develop emotional intelligence and emotional competence. Research tells us that emotional intelligence is correlated with successful adulting, no matter how you define that success. So whether it's a successful career, a successful marriage, success in parenting, a successful um, sense of self-confidence, or success just adjusting to adverse situations that inevitably arise, all of these definitions of success are largely dependent on someone's emotional intelligence. So social-emotional learning is a way to develop that emotional intelligence. Exactly right. Well, as you know, um, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to work with you as one of the content experts 
who helped us to develop NCU's um, certificates and specializations in social-emotional learning. You did a great job, of course. I'm really excited about these courses. What do you think are the strengths of the SEL courses that you helped to build? Thank you. I appreciate that. And it was exciting to work on the courses. Um, I think these courses, the way that they build on each other uh, to broaden and deepen students' knowledge of social-emotional learning works really well. Uh, What I really love about the programs is the weekly assignments are practical and reflective. So busy teachers and school leaders can take what they've learned and implement it right away the next day in the classroom. Coaches and teacher leaders will be able to launch effective initiatives and provide emotionally intelligent professional learning experiences right away from what they're learning in these courses. And educator um, leaders will be able to weave SEL into school culture and support teachers who are implementing this in the classroom. They'll see a connection between the policies and the daily practice. So if we look ahead, what do you think is on the horizon for social-emotional learning and development? I think the biggest thing is this focus on educating the whole child. There's a growing understanding that social-emotional learning has to be integrated into the approach of teaching and learning rather than this add-on program that's taught once a week for 30 minutes um, and sometimes taught by the school counselor who comes in um, to the classroom, that it needs to be modeled and practiced every day, all through the day. This means that professional development that builds on social-emotional intelligence of teachers, um, leaders, and others who work in schools like paraprofessionals and bus drivers and cafeteria workers, it's absolutely essential. Uh, We're seeing this play out um, in the defining of K-12 standards for SEL. Currently, there are 18 states that have standards across the pre-K to 12 grade levels. All 50 states have pre-K standards. And 11 states have extended these standards into the elementary grades. So this is just continuing to grow. Um, In addition to having the standards, most recently, 21 states have now launched SEL-related web pages with guidance and resources for educators and community members. It seems everyone wants to support this um, developing in schools. So right along with this focus on the whole child Um, In a school, I see this idea of integrating SEL into out-of-school time programs as well, uh, with more emphasis on reaching out to families. It just makes sense. With with all that's happening in our world, it seems very clear to me that supporting the development of social and emotional intelligence is necessary for everyone. And now by out-of-school time programs... Are you thinking of um, programs like where my child might go to an after-school program at a community organization or maybe some, um, you know, leisure sports club they might participate in? Are there ways to integrate SEL into those places? That's exactly right. And that is really what we focused on when we created this um, set of courses at NCU is the entire community. What other community agencies and workers might also need to integrate SEL into their work with children. Well, terrific. Thank you so much for your hard work on these courses and what you're doing um, in your communities. And thank you for talking with me today about the programs. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Dr. Lynn and Dr. Hall. We appreciate you sharing your expertise in this area. Be on the lookout for new episodes in the coming weeks as we hear from others in the NCU community. On behalf of Dr. Lynn and Dr. Hall, this is Samantha Wilcox reminding you that at NCU, you have what it takes to change the world. We offer what it takes to make it happen. Until next time, goodbye.